Well, thank you very much for joining me today. How are you doing? How's, how's the weather in Houston? Uh, today is actually pretty gloomy compared to like other days. It's typically a lot brighter, um, mm-hmm. but today is gloomy, you know, not the worst thing in the world. I'm sure tomorrow will be a brighter day. So no complaints. So if you don't mind, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what's your journey. How did you end up in insurance? Yeah, um, so I'm Rowan Lawal, the founder and CEO of GigEasy. I have a very, uh, what I would call, interesting journey into uh, insurance. Uh, I was led here through a series of other businesses that I was involved in uh, that sort of brought me to this point. Um, I started a company, <clears throat> I used to work at the, the Boeing company, And I started a uh, rental arbitrage business. So we would partner with uh, Airbnb landlords to uh, relist their properties on Airbnb. And we noticed a gap with um, cleaning mm-hmm. uh, where like, you know, it was hard to find cleaners to service Airbnb properties. So me and my co-founders built a startup around that problem. It was essentially a marketplace that connects Airbnb homeowners with uh, cleaning contractors called New. So we scaled that. Um, and then I joined uh, another company building Uber for school buses out of New York. Uh, so a lot of like gig economy things. Uh, and, you know, I was uh, very, very active on the op side, had a lot of conversation with supply side workers. Um, and I noticed the gap of uh, insurance benefits. Uh, and it stuck with me why, you know, they hadn't been a system in place to service uh, gig workers, especially considering the fact that this is essentially becoming the new way of work. A lot of people are leaving uh, the, the traditional W2 employment to sort of become independent. Uh, and then also experiencing like building a marketplace, being able to ensure a lot of gig workers on the job. That was something that uh, I felt was very difficult, archaic, not very straightforward. So a lot of these learnings came from those experiences. And, you know, I decided to dive headfirst into insurance. You know, uh, any problem uh, that's hard is any problem worth solving, no matter how hard or easy it is. If it solves a big problem for a large demographic, it's worth it. So, you know, dove in headfirst, got all my licenses, uh, learned about insurance, and, you know, here we are today. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Wait, wait. wait. Hold your horses. It's like... <laughs> so, basically, you're telling me the classic story of any entrepreneur. It's like, well, I recognize a problem. I recognize a pain. I thought, here is the solution. Au voilà. There you go. Now we need to sell it. So, no, listen, that's how, how most of entrepreneurs do is uh, now I'm supporting a, a, another a company in the space. They are doing a claims financing and it's all started with a story, a pain. It's all started by there was a claim. It took a long time until they saw the first check. There you realize the arbitrage between the different elements and the, now you have a good business case. And from there, you have a company, which is fantastic. So how long have you been in business? Uh, about 18 months. 18 months. So GigEasy, you provide benefits to gig workers. Yeah. Did, did so, I get it right? 
so we're essentially building insurance infrastructure mm -hmm. uh, for the gig economy. So on the commercial side, we partner with businesses that employ contractors to provide them with on-demand insurance to cover them on the job. And then for the gig workers, we provide them with benefits to protect them and their families uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. What type of benefits? Uh, so our flagship product is a product called Rent Protect. It's a form of disability that covers your rent and any other expenses if you're sick or injured and can't work. And then we have um, health insurance, uh, dental, vision, and we're rolling out a sick pay product uh, in a couple months. Congratulations. And today you're you. acting as the distribution for the providers, as an agent, are you, uh, how are you, are you getting a commission or a flat fee? Yeah, so we're, we're structured as a broker. Uh, so we serve as a distribution partner for the insurance companies. Okay, great. How easy or hard was it to get the appointment and access to those uh, benefit providers, program providers? Um, I would say it's, I think, I think insurance companies are recognizing the, the growth potential and mm -hmm. the shift with the gig economy. A lot of insurance providers are actively looking to see how they can participate in the gig economy. So I would say it's, um, it's actually been pretty easy. Uh, we've actually been pretty selective with the insurance companies we work with, um, because, you know, we understand the specific type of benefits that we want to provide to these gig workers. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, if we essentially designed what we wanted and then we shopped around for insurance companies that have something similar so that we can provide it to the gig workers. So it's been pretty easy. Now, I'm less familiar with that space and that's why I'm asking these uh, stupid questions because when I'm no, looking at... No stupid when I, questions. When I'm looking at the PNC world, right, you have about... Well, I had that conversation with Jason Kess recently. Uh, 40,000 agencies, about 200 licensed agents. And, and basically, you have a very long tail. Now, because not everyone can go to any carrier. On average, you have 11 appointments. Not everyone can go to a carrier and say, hey, I would like to sell your product because they cannot really manage them. And let's put aside all the captive and exclusive agency networks. So hence, you have all the wholesalers, you have the groups, you have all kinds of different cluster solutions. How does it work in the benefit side? Um, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same thing, honestly. I think there, there are a bunch of agencies uh, that are selling to um, businesses on the benefit side. So what they're doing is they're partnering with, say, a business that employs, you know, let's call it 10,000 people or 5,000 people. And then they sell uh, benefits to these uh, companies. But then there's this huge gap of individuals. So there, there, there aren't a lot of agents or like tech forward agencies that are specifically focused on individuals. There's a gap there because a lot of people are focused on the benefits that uh, are provided to companies where the company is subsidizing it for the workers. But then there's this shift happening, right? A lot of people are shifting from that to the individual side, but the individual side doesn't have as many agencies that are focused on that. And that's sort of where Kikuzi steps in. Okay. Uh, you stepped in and you provide them with what's extra? 
You know, how come you need yeah. to be there and none of the incumbent uh, distribution channels can cover it? Yeah, I mean, so um, these plans, they exist uh, and they're distributed, right, across different companies. So if I was a gig worker or let's say I was a W-2 worker and, you know, I, I walked into a company uh, as soon as I was onboarded into the company, maybe I would get an email from Trinet or ADP or or Gusto or something, uh, and then I would go in, uh, put in my first name, last name, a bunch of information, and I would select my health, dental, vision, all in one portal, uh, and I would get signed up instantaneously. That doesn't exist for individuals. So once you leave the confines of an employer, you have to figure all of that for yourself, right? You have to figure out, okay, who's the health insurance company I need to talk to? So I go and I sign up for that. Who is the dental company I need to sign up with? And I go and I sign up for that. Same thing for vision, uh, same thing for rent protect or, or disability in, in some people's cases or sick pay. So it's it's this super, you know, um, broken out system that we're sort of aggregating under one umbrella so that we can replicate the same onboarding flow as they would get in the event that they were working with an employer. I love that because at the end of the day, you say, you know, all the insurance stuff, leave it to us. It's behind the scenes. We'll take care of it. And most of your focus is all about that gig worker. You know, where are they? What they do? Most of them don't even interact with, I don't know, with the only interaction that they have with the internet will be most likely from their uh, Android or iPhone uh, device. And then they will need to figure out it's like, Okay, I'm a subcontractor, or what another good example for a gig worker? Someone is yeah. doing something, and I'm yeah. apparently I'm insurance. Yeah, right, everyone. Yeah, listen, everyone. Yeah, I'm at the 99, but different yeah. thing. Yeah, I would say that most of my physical work will be lifting my uh, coffee or building <laughs> a plane. So you've been operating for eight, nine months. Uh, 18, 18 months. 18, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah 18. How, mu- how much money did you raise? And what's the size of the team? Yeah, so we're out of a venture studio called Platform Venture Studio. Uh, so mm-hmm. they've been backing us on this uh, endeavor. Um, they're a team made up of mostly like previous um, gig economy uh, VCs uh, and founders. Uh, and, um, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to get funding from, um, the get go. I've raised about 650 K, uh, we're a small agile, super dedicated team of four, uh, that are, you know, putting everything together and we have access to additional talent, uh, through the venture studio. So I assume the venture studio builds the technology and you're building the, the business and doing all the marketing and the relationships and all the things that go with that side. Uh, we, we build the technology. They provide us with uh, all types of support, uh, fundraising support, partnership support. So we've closed some interesting partnerships in the, in the last couple of months. That's, you know, the Venture Studio has been very uh, instrumental in helping put that together. They helped us with um, a lot of our initial thesis and research around how we want to tackle this problem. Because it's a really big problem, right? There are so many different angles uh, mm-hmm. that you could take to tackle the problem. We're able to narrow it down and even like, you know, do our product design and, and, and market research with them. So, Yeah, that's interesting because I've seen all kinds of different permutations of uh, venture studios between those that will come, oh, just come in, we'll give you the engineering time and that will be our investment. Uh, 
to those that are a little bit bigger and then venture their venture studio is uh, I would say uh, for growth so that's their focus so if you are at the stage that you have at least uh, I don't know five million debita that's where they're stepping in so completely off the charts from what most people think about it's interesting to see how different companies use the title before because the studio is a little bit um, open-ended in my opinion yeah 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 I, I really think it's a it's a it's a courting process right so like mm-hmm. you have to be able to find a venture studio that aligns with your goals and what you're trying to accomplish I was very intentional about working with a venture studio when we decided to, to build a, a company in this space I talked to a lot of venture studios and I narrowed down to the one that I felt like was a fit for what we were trying to accomplish so it's it's been a good relationship so far I think I think when it when it comes to when it comes to partnerships right um, you know uh, these gig platforms they exist right and they're they're like they're taking over in the sense that you know gig platforms are popping up in every vertical that you can imagine if you think of any type of job out there there's probably a gig platform that's popping up to sort of service that demographic uber mm-hmm. has sort of set they've set up a blueprint for what the future of work looks like so they they did you know driving and instacart came up with shopping doordash mm-hmm. came up with like food delivery and then not every other vertical is just sort of being taken over by technology uh, and a lot of these um, technology companies when they when they think of insurance you know they think of they they lump it together with sort of financial services um, and you know when you think of banking banking has sort of been productized uh, to the point where you could sort of embed debit cards or payment solutions or any of that um, you know just really seamlessly and the expectation is that they want to have that same experience when it comes to insurance mm-hmm. um, that's sort of like where we are, you know, building that, um, I guess, technology-facing infrastructure to, to, to give those gig platforms the seamless uh, expectations that they demand from, you know, other parts of their business. They don't want the headache of, of integrating and, and talking to, like, 10 different people and 10 different underwriters and, and all of those things. So we're, we're making a lot of that seamless from a partnership experience. From a growth experience, you know, all our platforms that we're partnering with are, are growing. So, you know, we're hoping to to be the ones that sort of latch on to that growth and, you know, continue to grow and scale from there. So I assume that, oh, I hate calling that, using that uh, jargon, but so the customer journey, I assume that everything is on a website. Maybe, do you have a mobile application or is it responsive? Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a web responsive web application that users could sort of sign up for. They only have to put in um, their information one time and then they could purchase, you know, a full suite of policies across health, dental vision, uh, Remprotect, and soon to come SickPay. Out of curiosity, if you can share that information, how do they reach you? Do they go, th- do they reach you from mobile devices or websites? Uh, it's, it's through our website or mobile. It's, it's a, it's a responsive platform, but they, they usually hear about us through, um, their gig platforms. 
Oh, no, no. I, what I'm talking about, so not in terms of what's the lead or who is generating the lead for you. Uh, mm-hmm. More about, I was just curious about, you know, do they sit at home? Uh, are they on the job? Is it on the, or is it only on week uh, weekdays or weekends that they actually have an opportunity to think about the insurance and benefits that they need? Because there is a big difference between, you know, uh, you do everything from the phone because you're on the go all the time versus you have time and it's Sunday. So in after, Sunday afternoon, you have finally time to open your laptop and check for insurance and benefits, right? Now, in terms of the marketing and the lead generation, that can be a very interesting uh, question to understand how do you actually market yourself and generate your customers, but uh, one thing at a time. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, you know it's 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 a huge it's a huge uh, variation, right? Um, so, like for example, um, one thing that we found that was very interesting was like people on the trucking side, they would rather talk to us, you know, while they're working, right? So we have we have a we have a phone line. It's not our preferred method for signing up individuals, but the truckers they love it because they're on the road, you know, seventeen hours. 10, 15 hours a day, they're happy to talk to someone on the phone. A lot of our other users, um, they sign up, you know, just on a regular ongoing basis. There's no, there's no separation between uh, weekdays and weekends. I think for the most part, when they think about Rent Protect, because um, when we were building out this product, um, we, we designed our product based off of pain points that gig workers face. So as a, as a gig worker, if you're sick or injured, your income stops immediately, right? Uh, and you could, as a, as a W-2 worker, you could take time off from work and still get paid. As, as a gig worker, once your income stops, it's more so, okay, how do I make rent the next month if, you know, you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck or potentially paycheck to paycheck? So once, once, they, once they, they get those messaging around, you know, cover your rent for up to six months in the event that you're sick or injured and can't work, it, 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 ties, on, it ties into a fear or an anxiety that they faced at some point in the coming, in the past couple of months, if maybe they almost got injured or they got injured or they heard about someone getting injured and how it affected their life. So they sort of want to sign up um, immediately. How do you reach them? How do you generate leads? and convert them into customers. Yeah, so the, the relationship is directly with the, um, the gig platforms. Our market strategy is essentially B2B2C. So um, a lot of these gig platforms, they sometimes have retention goals. Um, they wanna provide something that keeps gig workers on their platform longer. Some of them have corporate responsibility goals. Um, they want to show their workers that they care, uh, that they're there for them and they care about their well-being. Um, and then the new development is, um, you know, regulation. So it's, you know, it's going to start trickling down, but mandated benefits uh, for gig workers is coming. Uh, so for any of those multitude of reasons, we partner with these gig platforms uh, and then they share our, um, they share our uh, services to their workers, whether through um, internal blasts, in-app notifications, uh, or adding us to their onboarding flow. Okay, so what is the other side of your business? 
Yeah, so the, the commercial side of things is um, our pay-as-you-go, occupational accident insurance, uh, workers' comp, and general liability. Um, okay. So a lot of these... Um, a lot of these platforms um, that are popping up, um, they have these mandated um, insurance services that they need to tack on to their um, their gig workers on the job. Uh, and what I, typically I, happens is, I'm sorry, how many ahead. licenses? How many licenses do you have? I have everything. <laughs> you have everything. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like it. And are you yeah. are you in in how many states? All fifty states. All 50 states, you have yeah. life, health, PNC, it sounds like it. Benef- yes. Okay, you are covered from wall to wall. Okay, wonderful. And, and you've been active 18 months. May I ask how much did you sell so far? Uh, still, still, still keeping those numbers uh, in-house, but we're, we're growing. We're That's growing right. uh, pretty aggressively. We're super excited about that. That's fine. You don't need to share that information. It's fine. I was just, you know, <laughs> that's, I've seen all kinds of different approaches that, you know, rolling, let's, you're now in Texas. So, you know, people who start only in one state and growing up because licenses cost, although yeah. for agents, they cost less than to MGAs and carriers, but it's okay. You weren't like, this is what we're going to do. It needs to be to be a package, a full bundle. Otherwise, it will not fly. Good job. I love yeah. a, I love entrepreneurs that lean into it. Thank you. Thank cool. you. I think I think the 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 problem with that is, uh, and this ties back into, um, you know, what the future of work is essentially. Like, if you're building an Uber for ice cream or something, mm-hmm. uh, Uber for ice cream delivery or Uber for vitamin delivery or whatever the case may be typically you start in one state and then you expand aggressively into other states right you don't want to be in a position where every time you expand you're looking for a new insurance broker or a new insurance relationship to get started you rather just partner with one person that has a presence in um you know all 50 states a lot of people outside insurance they don't realize that insurance is regulated individually right it's not Mm -hmm. like a SaaS product where you could just build a software, put it online, and it's instantly available in all 50 states. So, yeah. you know, we're doing all the backend work to make sure that they don't have to deal with that reality. So that's the other side of the business, part of that bundle that you sell your your customers. How that comes to fruition, what do you sell them, and how do they use it? Or hopefully yeah, they don't so... use it because that will be a claim. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, um, you know, there's on, on these gig platforms, there's different segments of people. They are the people that um, bring in their workers as uh, 1099s, uh, and you know, on the job we. So what typically happens is they they don't want to purchase monthly plans because there's a, mm-hmm. there's a large fluctuation in the amount of workers on their platform. So they rather do pay as you go, which is what we're offering them. So occupational accident insurance for their 1099s on the go. Um, and then if you have a part-time W-2 workers, you can offer them uh, on-demand workers' comp as well or general liability, depending on what your the, pe- the, the people that you're sending the workers to work at. Some of them have different requirements. Some people require general liability. Some people require workers' comp. So whatever your needs are as a platform to be able to send your gig workers out to sites or for jobs, 
or we're able to provide that to you um, on the commercial side. How much is the resolution that when it's on the go? Is it by the hour, by the day? How, how low it can yeah. you go? Yeah, so we, we, um, we customize it. Um, so it's, it's, it can either be broken down to per hour, uh, per shift, or per gig. Oh, wow. Because a gig, well, a gig is a, it's how much time is a gig? Or basically yeah. how much risk yeah, is it, a gig? Because at the end of the day, you're asking the, for you, it, well, is it for you? No, it's not for you. It's for the carrier, the question of the risk that you are feeding them. It's, a, it's for your underwriting. For you, it's more about can you sell and can later on, can you return the, the customer? Are you keeping the, do you own the customer or you're sending it to the, to the carrier? Uh, we, well, we're, we're the connection between the customer and the carrier. Cause we, you know, we, we are plugged into their systems uh, to be able to provide all that data, to be able to price um, and then, you know, share with the insurance companies. So I assume that most of the carriers that all the program providers that you work with, they have an API so you can do everything on the go. Well, um, that's, that's part of the, that's part of the, the process, right? That's, that's the value that we also provide, right? Being that connection, you know, we own that development, right? Connecting, mm -hmm. um, the, the gig platform with the insurance companies. Uh, a lot of the insurance companies don't have APIs or if they do, they're in the early stages of developing it. Um, so, you know, we, we're, we're that technology bridge, um, to connect the gig platform with the insurance companies. So that's your added value, your technology bridge. You you tap into the basically your the distribution channel, and somehow somewhere, given the, your business development and partnership development, you manage to to bring in good risk, hopefully, at a lower customer cost of acquisition. Customer yes. acquisition cost. Yeah. Cool. Wonderful. Hey, listen. If you take that and you scale it. And the future of work looks and will be more and more gig because employers can't afford full-time employees. They are too expensive. That's the way to go. So yeah. I wonder how yeah. is that? I wonder, you know, when we think about that, I wonder how is that going to impact uh, the structure of uh, the conventional family or the households? Yeah. Okay, not for this conversation. I don't want because no, listen, it you know, marriage or family or household, it's a type of a financial partnership and the benefits it's part of it. And once you have dependencies, if it's your kids, your parents or others, um, it has an impact. And if you are a ten ninety-nine and if you are the only ten ninety-nine and there is no W two it makes things a little bit more complicated. But yeah. wait wait until your Series A or Series B, when you start to talk about growth, then start to look into that philosophy and what does it mean uh, to yeah. add the, the entire uh, household and not just the specific person. Again, oh, just, yeah, just for, con yeah, for context, we're already doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can, you can, when you purchase our plan, you can add dependents. You can add, you can add your spouse, you can add your children. You say, I was just setting it up for you, right? That's what I do. <laughs> anyway, That's awesome. uh, 
Let, let's start to wrap it up. So let me ask you the same question or a similar question to what I'm asking everyone. Can you give another entrepreneur or, or the younger you, younger by 18 months, an advice? Um, I think uh, so 18, month, 18 months ago, Well, um, basically, before you started the business. Or it can be to any other entrepreneur who wants to step into this space. In, in, in insurance or any other space? Doesn't matter. Because that, that, that doesn't matter? Okay. Doesn't I would matter. say that if you're, um, I think if you're, if you're going into insurance, um, you need to know how to uh, learn how to exercise a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, The, uh, the insurance industry is very unique to other industries um, due to the fact that, you know, it's one of the oldest industries um, in the world and a lot of systems are built on top of each other. So there are a lot of clogs that you need to sort of be able to maneuver and power through as a tech company. It's not going to be as easy as building a, you know, a tool that helps people analyze, I don't know, X, Y, Z better. Um, but it's also a huge opportunity. I think the insurance space is, has a lot of uh, growth potential. So it's, it's definitely a, a space to explore. Um, so it's definitely worth it. You just need to exercise uh, a lot of patience to see things through. My dear friend, thank you very, 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 yeah. very much for joining me today. Yeah, I, thanks for having me. I had fun. Yeah, that's the idea. Ah, we don't really want to have too much work. Otherwise, uh, you know, <laughs> we need to make sure that we keep it light, happy, because why would you want to work in something that you suffer? Nah. Yeah. That's for a minute. Cool, man. Have a good one. Welcome. All right. You as well.